Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Thursday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo. He is the great Z. Folks, on this program, you have got to pay attention to the scores. That's right. That's right. And the mic's on. Who knew? Flying blind. But there it is. We are on. We said, I said yesterday. I said, who knew? Not me. Flying blind. I said yesterday, we need to add a defensive tackle. Well, we've mentioned him by Shelby name. Eric, well, he came in for a visit. We yeah. said, and, and it was asked, is that, no, that is not dead. That is still very much alive. And that was the one position I felt like we needed to do something. I think that when it comes to the running back position, there are veteran options that will be available to you at any moment. There will also be guys that get cut down that the Browns mm-hmm. will certainly pay attention to. Michael Carter, the Jets, the name that I had mentioned, you know, it was talked about Dalvin signed there. But we needed to get a defensive tackle. You go out and you get Shelby Harris uh, in his 10th NFL season. He was actually drafted by the Raiders in 2014. They were still in Oakland at the time. Jason Tarver was the D.C. on that staff. So he knew him. He was injured as a young player, but career 98 games, 64 starts with Oakland, Denver, Seattle, uh, 261 tackles, 24 and a half sacks, 40 tackles for loss. Last year was a part of that Seattle team that made the run to the playoffs. 15 starts, 44 tackles, two sacks, five tackles for loss. At Pro Football Focus, he was the number 14 defensive tackle, number five against the run, and yet – Here's the thing for you. It's an odd year, 2023, odd year. In the last three odd-numbered seasons, six sacks, five-and-a-half sacks, six sacks. Doesn't do that in even years, but we got him in an odd year on a one-year deal. Bo. After Miles, what was the sack total of uh, the second-highest-rated uh, sacks on our team a year ago? Three. I should have phrased that better. Three. Small B, small B. Three. three. Defensive tackle, Taven Bryan. Third, 2.5 sacks. Off-ball linebacker acquired in the middle of the season. That's right. Deion Jones. Fourth, two sacks. Off-ball linebacker who played seven games. Jacob Phillips, also two. Jordan Elliott, also two. Jadevian Clowney. By the way, add up two, 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 2.5, and three. You get 11.5, still four and a half shy of Miles Garrett. Now, if you were to add together the sacks of the newly acquired Zadarius Smith, 10. Newly acquired Oba Okoronkwo, 5. And then this man, Shelby Harris, you've just added 17 sacks, exceeding the number of Miles Garrett last year. I was thinking, boy, what an answer. You're shot out of a cannon. I love your energy today. Right You're fired up. I was in there with the hop. Pump. Oh, the hop's pumps. in the building. Yeah, hop's in the building. Hop's just in the building. A, uh, I said a, a PR for me on uh, incline oh, like dumbbells, 90s. Okay. Which I was pretty juiced about. Hopping while throws around hundreds, and that's the highest that it went in our weight room. And he's like, well, I, I maybe need more weight than this. He throws around hundreds <laughs> like they're air. I'm like, cool. He's off. What do you want? Yeah, he's a beast. He's a beast. What do you yeah. do with that guy? But no, I feel great. All right, I'm so let's go. Up. Let's let's just think about let's this throw. from big picture perspective. You're gonna go across Udo, the water. front to start. <laughs> Zadarius <laughs> Shelby Uno is unbelievable. <laughs> that's just great. It's just Uno. Yeah, Uno. Water. Agua. 
Agua. Agua. Good job. Good job. Excellent work. Perfect. Excellent work. God, he's good. He's good. Yeah, on the, on the coaches show, I gave a, a shout out to the assistant to the executive producer, Una. <laughs> <laughs> they love it. That's great. This big fans of you. Come on, dude. Uno's oh, stock's great. on the rise. Gibbe's been trying to keep well, it Well, there was a little bit of a dip Monday. There was a dip. Yeah. Some rundown yeah, some, yeah, yeah. issues. But then Gibbe's been trying to keep down, so it makes me like a That you want to juice him up? More, yeah. <laughs> this is a ridiculous defensive line. Yes! Zedarius Smith, Shelby yes. Harris, Dalvin Tomlinson, Miles Garrett to yes. start. Oboe yes. um, and a rotation that includes some guys that you like a lot. But um, this is a um, – you know there's a – you know the movie The Town? I do. John Hamm has a line in it when they understands like the operation he's dealing with. Um, he calls it the no blanking around crew. This is the that, that's what this is. That's this the, is this is the NFC. So this is the no blanking around. Crew. That's the opposite of Jimmy Jam. This is the opposite of Jimmy and his, Jam and his game and his operation. No, no, no. This is serious business. <laughs> well, I feel like this based on history. I like the opposite of the the production of the Jimmy Jam. Yeah, so that was, maybe we're we're destined for greatness. Yeah, that <laughs> who, was a, who's to say. Uh, can you imagine you go from Horseman to Jimmy Jam? Oh, man. Like that happened in Quick. a year. That happened Quick. so quickly. Quick. Um, I, I also think just from – people we, we talked about – we had talked about the Chris Rose yesterday. There is a, a sense of urgency, of nowness, from the very top of this organization through the football operation that is um, – you want to use pressure fine but it's but it should be i mean they're they're bringing it on they're bringing it on they understand the moment is now yep these moves that have been made this is a completely remade defensive front completely and i didn't even mention dalvin tomlinson and his two and a half sacks it's a completely remade defensive front and i think this move with shelby harris changes some of the calculations and gibbe or maybe actually it was uno this is a very insightful question so i'm going to think it, I'm gonna think it came out of the brain of uno what does this mean for the defensive line room great question i think now you could go into the season with nine on the defensive line which frees up a spot for a special teams linebacker it frees up a spot for jakeem grant as a pure returner mm-hmm. if you wanted to frees up a spot obviously for another offensive lineman but I think that you're looking at that now because I think you're locked in now to four and you're going to have Dalvin, Jordan Elliott, Siaki Ika, Shelby Harris. I think that Maurice Hurst, Tommy Togiai, and Togiai had a nice game. I got to give him credit in the Hall of Fame game. And Tristan Hill, I think they feel like they'll be able to keep at a minimum one or two of those guys in the program on the practice squad. And so they'd probably be more willing to roll the dice there at that spot because now you've got two proven commodities. Mm -hmm. You have the guy that you drafted – and then Jordan Elliott now in his fourth year as a rotational piece makes makes a lot of sense. So I think that you could look at that and then your ends would be Miles, Zadarius, Oboe, McGuire. You probably keep Alex Wright and then put him onto IR after the cutdown because you got to carry him. If you IR him before the cutdown, that's season. Yeah. So I think that that's what you could be, or they could puff him, obviously. But I think that's what you're looking at there, which I think in our old roster calculations, that frees you up. To, as we I were said, at 10 specialists we weren't were we 10, 10? Yeah. yeah 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 so this allows for it um yeah this is it's a real deal is, is what it is Holyfield. he was something man how about that did you were you watching live when tyson bit his ear uh, i know exactly where i was so do i i was at the golf pro of sky west golf course in hayward california's home for the fight and it was shock and awe <laughs> It really was. It was shocking. Like, did he just bite You're... his ear off? Like, oh yeah, his ear's missing. It's gone. 
Yeah, this, eaten, chewed, uh, <laughs> swallowed whole. <laughs> it all happened. I was at Casey Kellogg's house. It was the um, it was the first. Uh, d- his dad was out of town. It was the first that I can recall, like kegger, that a bunch of me and my buddies tried putting on together. Like we were, we were going to get that operation rolling. Um, How old were we then? Teens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But we had gone to great. I, don't know if I was ready for. We had great. Under gone to yoke, great lengths. I was not at Kager State yeah, by the I mean, time that fight it was, happened. It was. Memory serves. It was in the summer. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was in the I was summer. With I was at Kenny Drew. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get the date on that. I, I may have incriminated myself a little bit too much. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I'm feeling like we were. I, I'd like to be wrong, but I feel like we were 16, ish. So I'm thinking 2000 or uh, 90. No, 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 no. no? It's, it's 97. Nice. Okay, so you're 18. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was 19. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, I was in college. Yeah, yeah close so enough. Safe. Close enough. Yeah. yeah. See, in Montana, safe. I feel like that's. Yeah, you're out in the wild frontier. Montana, yeah, you're yeah. like, you know, that's like five years after like the limit. Yeah. One one sheriff officer for a county. Like no one's. Nothing nobody's worried. Yeah, no, nobody's worried about. Take them to the train station. Nothing to see here. Um. So yeah, that's where I wasn't at. But this is, this is. Box is checked. Um, there, there is still that running back situation that is going to ha- probably have to have some answer to it. In fact, I think that'll be interesting tomorrow just where that goes. But, I mean, like, I, I'm curious about that. Likely. Not confirmed. But I think it is somewhat likely that we will not see Nick Chubb. We certainly don't feel like I we have need no to reason see him. To. Don't need to see him. I know, I know what that operation is about. 1,525 yards last year, career high, no big deal. You're not going to see Jerome Ford. No. So you, this is – you want an opportunity to make your case, John Kelly, Demetric Felton, Hassan Hall? Here it is. Mm-hmm. They're going to get a ton of work again. They're going to have every opportunity to make an impression on this coaching staff. And if they're able to do so, you know, then you have a chance to be in the business. And Kelly in the first one, 69 total yards and a touchdown receiving. Felton led the team with 46 rushing, uh, 6.6 yards a carry. He added a touchdown of his own, 55 total yards. They both look good. I thought Demetric looked very explosive again. And so – that's uh this is their opportunity to say you don't need to go anywhere else for a third running back we're the third running back and i think it's an opportunity to show you know that for dimitrick we know he can catch it that he can tote the rock in a manner in which you ever needed to be the durance johnson that he can be that guy yeah it's tough with john kelly because he's like preseason mvp he's a stud every year every year he's completely a stud and i you know so part of me wonders as i was watching the hall of fame game like thinking like what would stop him from being effective in the games like i'm not he's not nick obviously nobody is but like couldn't he also be effective in the games? Feels so like it. it feels like it he's yeah. always well, they runs keep, they've, listen, they've, they've kept, kept him around for three years yeah so um yeah so that will be something to watch for tomorrow night and from a roster spot perspective that will be something to watch for in the coming days and weeks is yeah. if, if they decide to add to that room i did see not suggesting this isn't scores but i did see that kareem did leave indy um, no contract there. Remember, he was going down to New Orleans, yes. had one allegedly, or was ready to go to sign in New Orleans. And all of a sudden, Indy calls and is like, "Hey, come, come here. here, we'll offer you more." But then, did but it. then he goes there and he didn't. I didn't. I just didn't so understand wonder, the objective there. The question to me then becomes, what kind of condition is he in? Yeah, could be. You know, if they were saying we're offering you more right now, and he goes there and nothing happens, and you wonder, okay, was there a reason for that? I hope not. I think New Orleans is actually a nice fit for him, especially with this Kamara suspension. You know, he could run back kind of the Mark Ingram-Kamara duo that they've had there. They're not opposed to it, as we know. So that would be interesting to me. Very, very, very interesting. Um, did you watch Hard Knocks last night? Did you no, get it in? No, I have not You've yet not. watched it. No. 
but I, I people keep telling me how good it is, and I, I very I don't, much want. I don't want to overstate it. I don't think yeah. that it's that it's th- that it's so good. I just think that like I think it's about as good as you could ever expect something like that to be. There, you're with the right people. The stars. You're with the right people. Yeah. So that that is that is an absolute, and then it's just a matter of. I think the thing is we are so overexposed with all of this stuff. Like I was thinking about this even with the the quarterback series. I watched. Uh, rewatched the first episode with it with NBC last night after his football practice. It's very, very good. It's good. But it also, I would say for me at least, I'm curious how you feel about this, all of those guys yep. are exactly the way that I perceive them to be. I think cousin perceived them to be previously. Like, there's nothing surprise. Mahomes behaves exactly the way that I thought Mahomes would behave before I had this access More to him. More of a trash talker. Then I maybe I thought. Oh, I think any time he does that thing where he like has his chat, like just, always, like he's you can I, tell like he's, awesome. Have you gotten to the parts where he does like he's working out with his own private guy during the week? Like some stuff, like his commitment. Sure. Is right, but personality. I guess I'm just speaking yeah. personality yeah, wise. Kirk Cousins is right on. Yeah. Mariota's right. They could have done without Mariota. Like, I don't. know. I could have told you that from spending yeah. a week covering him at the national championship game in 2014. Was, like, right. is there more to Marcus Mariota? No, there's less. Yeah. And it's not – he just – whatever that part is, that it part, yeah. the charisma part, yeah. it's a tough It's a tough battle for him. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about we have so much access to these guys via their social media, via individual teams, 100%. that there isn't really anything – it's almost like we haven't – we are at a – used to be, well, well, I didn't know that about them. We're like at a no overload. And we know it all. It's so much yes. that it's hard, I think, to do – you know, anything like this and it to be something. I think that's why when you think of the 30 for 30s, whether it's Once Brothers or Pony Excess or the two Escobars, those type of those 30 for 30s, what made them so special is you hadn't the best that never was is that you didn't know those stories. You had to that detail. No story. way. Like you. Yeah, sure. I remember, you know, the, the breakup of, of Yugoslavia. I remember all of that. I remember the war, all of it. But I didn't remember the specific details of it. Of course in that manner. And so then, it, and I remembered once I started two Escobars, I remembered what had happened with, with that. That's and the own goal guy, right? Is that yeah. And the yeah. world cup. And then, so, but that's, that was something that the problem I think with sports documentaries now is there's, we just have all the information. Number one, we have the information. Number two, the majority of them are, are funded and produced by the Correct. subject. So yeah. hence they are not, yeah. actually documentaries they're right. my version of my story yep um which is which so is that's jordan for sh- to the last dance i mean yes. that was his 100%. version of it yeah. yes um all right i got one thing that i learned about patrick mahomes in there that i did not know before okay when you at your house you put in your sport court what what it's at the end of those sport courts what do you mean what's it i mean hoops well, yeah, what do you call that what do you call those a hoop a basketball hoop yeah he calls it a goal so he's walking through his gym. He's like, we got a goal here. We got to go put the goal up right here. A goal? Every time he calls it a basketball goal. Every, It wasn't like one time and I thought he slipped. Every single time he refers to a basketball hoop, he calls it a goal. I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever heard anyone refer to a basketball hoop as a goal. It's wild. <laughs> that is? So I watched it and I was like, I, I went back. and I was like, Because he builds on. a gym, which is crazy. The other part is crazy. He builds this like. You'll see at the end, like this insane house as well. He should. Yeah, I saw the it's images. It's got a golf it. hole. Yeah. It's got like a football field with his logo on so he can run routes. With, like people come run, run routes with him there. Yeah. And then he builds a gym, a, a basketball gym with goals 
And I think it's got like two on the side and two the long way, but it's still not a full court. It's not full width. He he went short change on the on the on the court. There's some S to it. There's some oh, S to there's some court. S choicing there. That was the most amazing thing ever. Yeah, I don't want to bury the guy again, but geez, no, it's great. That was yeah. The um no that so that's crazy. I mean, it's a basketball goal. He's like, all right, so he's got okay, a basket. Like, oh, I'm got, so pumped we got a goal here. I'm like, what? So he's got six goals in the gym, but There's he does four at a minimum, maybe six. It may be two, two, one, one, like a re- – but it's the width of the, the main court. So the main court width. going this way, yeah. you don't have, like, corner threes? No. That's not a, not a part of the program. And then so he that's has weird speakers that hang down that if you did have corner threes would be for sure in the way of those corner threes. <laughs> he was worried about square footage? I don't like know. That's, you built that's that house. Like, why don't you just? That's why I don't get, get the proper width on that. Yeah, thing. That's what I didn't get. He's got a golf hole. Yeah, land I, not an issue. I also thought, considering the amount of money that has been made, like it was so on brand of Cousins' whole operation. Like so, how modest the house is for yes. a guy who's made hundred millions dollars. Um, oh yeah. Like it's not. It's a really nice house, but it's not like a. It's no mansion or no palace or anything like that it's no, a, he has a home to like go into here. like a secret room he has like a secret room for his all his memorabilia yeah right and even like his closets and stuff like it was very modest like it was but that's i think probably very in fact my son nbc said that to me he goes are, are you surprised that he doesn't have hold on i'll take it i'll give you one better well here's something i learned that was absolutely stupefying to me about kirk cousins the playoff game he comes home with his wife and his son and he goes, and the other son is at home with, I don't know if it was with a nanny or with a relative, and is like, it was, I guess, the other son's time to turn to go to a game, and he gave up his spot so that his other brother could go? Okay, right. So why isn't everybody going to every game? He doesn't get a suite. His wife and one kid, so he maybe he, he must get two tickets a game, and his wife and one child go to the games. Watch it. It's crazy. So why... So he comes home, he's like, you gave your spot up so that, you know, whatever the other kid's name is could go. He's like, that's so nice of you, buddy. Like, wow. As I'm opposed like, just get them all. Like, wouldn't you get all the tickets? You, you're Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins, for God's sakes. The playoff game was in Minnesota. It's a home game, man. Whereas Mahomes has a suite. Of course he has a suite, yeah. All of his family's in there. His dad's in there. Mahomes' dad's great. Mahomes' yeah. dad has some good trash talking, like, that's my boy type stuff, yeah. which I, I ate I ate. He was up. late to the game on the fathership, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, late yes. to the game on that. Yes. Um, cousin's career earnings, $230 million. But not enough tickets for his whole family to go to his games. Watch it. It's an eighth episode. It's All right. Okay. Absolutely. We'll get there. You're yeah. like, I looked at Kayla. I said, wait a second. Do, are we, am I seeing this wrong? Yeah, is this bizarre this land? Because this incomprehensible to me. And they're sitting in the crowd. I mean, but I, I guess it's on brand. I want to go gourmet. You got to you got to spend that money, brother. Can't take it with you. Can't take it with you. Got to got to spend that cash. Good thing. He's obviously a very oh, nice, he's very role you know, model. You absolutely yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but, but that is. But let's I mean, get, the, let's get, get everybody a little on tickets. It's your and you're playing in it. It's your playoff game. I'm guessing you have a hookup. And like when they finally won, I think the clinch the playoffs. He brings his son in the locker room and had this awesome moment. But then you're wait, you have two kids, right? Not they both. Come on, boys. Let's go. Live a little. It is a mailbag Thursday edition of the so program. That's what I learned through eight episodes. Well, there, so there you go. That's new. I enjoy it. 
tremendously. Oh, so I enjoyed good. Hard Knocks. It's so good. Johnny thing to a less lesser extent, but the rest of it I think you know is very very good. It's a mailbag Thursday edition. Tweet your questions for us at Browns underscore Daily. We'll get to your questions at two thirty. John Kime coming up in about ten minutes from now. Uh, do a little preseason preview coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Browns 50-50 raffle is now open. Go to the Browns mobile app or Browns5050.com for purchases and more. Get your tickets before kickoff. Browns commies August 11th. That's tomorrow, kids. You can take advantage of the Joe Thomas special. Get 400 tickets for only 73 bucks. Don't miss your chance to win big while supporting local youth. Hello, Gibbe. Hi. How are, how are you doing? Just a well-oiled machine. Uno comes in here. There's no Z. Hoff was in there. There's something with boards that are being run off. I don't know why or he like, doesn't do this is, prior to I don't to know why o'clock. he's running off the I'm boards. using his earwax in my ears. That, it's I can't great. wait for that exchange back. That's perfect. Yeah. Get it in there. Get it in there really good. Yeah, yeah it's, the least you, it's the least he could do. He just, I, I don't like understand. We're doing a show, he just leaves. Like the Hoff beckons, I understand like, you run, but like I, we I, have others who can run things off, do we I, not? I, I am literally in a meeting. I have one earbud in for our show and one earbud in for the meeting because no one knows what we do here. Um, it's outrageous. <laughs> Absolutely outrageous. So, uh, yeah, it's just great. We uh, do have a couple of um, – look at this guy. Too late. Yeah. Too late. Yep. Too late. Sad. Hate to see it. Um, we have four preseason games tonight, uh, including the debut of C.J. Stroud with the Texans. That is happening tonight as well. How long like, – uh, so, Yeah. Me on a gold jacket just said, hey, can you help I me understand, but you have Stevie's. You, you're on a show from one to three. I just oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Sanitize. Help. That's an incredible win for Gibby. He's waited a long time for a win like that over you. I know. So, Uno comes in here and he goes, he goes, he's running things off. We have others who can run things off. Why are you doing the copies? Because I don't know if they know, like, how. But it's. I don't even. He, he's a busy guy. We I'm not saying the, the Hoff does it. Out. Let's get, you know. I know. Some others can give it a shot. We need them back there on the boards. Uno, come on. We need Uno focused, locked in. I'm four, back. Four preseason games tonight. Oh, baby. C.J. Stroud, debut. That'll be a fun, fun. one against the, uh, against the Patriots and the Vikings and the Seahawks tonight as well. But So I am curious about this from the standpoint of this is everybody else's first preseason game. So who plays? I don't think you'll see a ton of starters. You will in certain cases. But remember, we wouldn't be playing the starters in this game normally if we didn't have the joint practices week two. That is what is – facilitating this and that's kind of been our schedule because we played in jacksonville and then we weren't going to play the next week and then so i think it's going to be a mixed run the league depending on joint practice schedules which we are not i'm certainly not privy to every team in the league's joint practice schedules but i think that'll be a big deciding factor for it you'll also have as i mentioned the vikings and the seahawks um hope kurt's family can be there yeah it'd be nice if my morning maybe get making ford four tickets for the preseason games which is why like i don't get it you want to know some have you seen these details on Mickelson? Have you seen this this morning? Excuse me? 
All right. No. There's a new book by Billy Walters. This okay. was from uh, – I'm reading this from Front Office Sports, but it, the excerpt was in Golf Digest this okay. morning. Phil Mickelson, according to the memoir, okay. wagered $1 billion on sports in the last three decades. That's a B. $1 billion. Sounds like he must be pretty decent at it. Is he that has counting, lost. Is that counting wagers on himself? Oh, hold, please. Okay. He has lost nearly $100 million gambling losses. Not bad if you're playing with a billion. I was saying that's terrible. Down Not 10%. Terrible. Yeah. Averaged nine bets per day in 2011. Made 43 Major League Baseball bets in one day at one point. He actually tried to bet on a Ryder Cup he was playing in. That's a lot going on, Coach. So, so he was available today. They're at uh, Bedminster playing the live this week. Yes, they are. And his he was ava- he was you know, normally talks, and for the first time, like live actually had a bunch of people there to interview because of this story. And they're like, "Let's we got to go hear from Phil." And he did he, not. He goes, "I think I think I'm gonna pass today, guys." <laughs> well, did you see the video of him with DeChambeau at the old first day of the old light? Like, I did. Yeah. Obviously, he's a gambler, and I think that for sometimes well, part of the golfing. Those- it's part of playing the game of golf, but I think a lot of those – you get a lot of athletes. Jordan is like an insane gambler who are yeah. very competitive, and that gives them a little bit of juice, right? It gives them a little rush. Yeah. John Daly famously won at what is now, I think they call it, um, the TPC. It's the course that's right on Lake Merced. I don't know why I'm blanking on the name of it. I'd played it. Give me the state. The it's in California, in the Bay Area. It's the one that's – it's not Olympic Club. It's, oh. the, it's the public one that they made – Harding Park, maybe? Yeah, I think that was it. There was a U.S. Open there a few yes. years ago. Yes. Yeah. And he wins this tournament, goes to Vegas, and in like a half hour playing five hands of blackjack at a time for $5,000 a hand blows like a million dollars, like everything he won. Wild. Wild times. That is – how do you even keep track of all that? A billion is a – a B is a big – that's a big, big, big. Yeah. All right, coming up next, our good buddy John Kime will join us, ESPN NFL Nation reporter on Washington. We will see that team on – there's a lot to get to on the Washington side of things. Yeah. Um, and it's it's fun talking to John about it. We will do that coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Bally Bet, sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily. Bo and Nathan with you here, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Let's now go behind enemy lines, brought to you by the Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea Hotline, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. ESPN NFL Nation Commanders reporter John Kime joining us. John, always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Let's start off the field because it's 
as we found out this morning, our conversation. It's so fun <laughs> off the field. Um, just give me paint this for me. I, you know, you think about 20 years of this and now you're free of it and you have, you have new ownership in, in Washington from the fans perspective, cloud nine. How do you explain it from their perspective? Well, I think if you watch the wizard of Oz and when the wicked witch of the West was doused with water and it was ding dong, the witches that that's <laughs> kind of how the feeling is among this fan base. And I would say this, you know, having grown up in Cleveland, when, when LeBron came back, there was a feeling of hope again for the franchise, right? Like, Hey, this could now happen. And I think there's an element of that for this fan base that they, they had reached the point where they knew with Dan Snyder, it was never going to happen. Like the only way to have success was to kind of stumble or luck into it, you know, to have sustained success, like, and, and the record proved it out. So now with Josh Harris, they feel like there's hope again for the future that maybe you can. And not only that, like win or lose, like you can at least embrace the franchise again, that it won't be an embarrassment off the field as, as it had been under Snyder. How do people feel about the fact that in, in many respects, he's probably considered the worst owner ever shortlist and, and he only made five billion dollars in the turn the <laughs> tenure of his flailing ownership yeah and what the funny thing is like you know he's half of that's going to taxes he's got a billion dollars in debt at least and then he's got to pay attorney fees so you know he'll only walk away with a couple billion so well, we'll, we'll <laughs> but, it makes me feel better i think yes thank you of course yeah. of course but the but the one thing is like people who knew him for a long time knew that this was his identity and that he had that stripped away. So while he's walking away with that money, he lost something very, very dear to him. And he's going to go down with a legacy of exactly like what you said, if not the worst owner, one of the worst owners in sports ever. And I say that like I lived through the Ted Stepien era. I know what Art Modell <laughs> did there. And yet we're sitting here saying this guy might be the worst. But it was the it was the all it was the all around awfulness of it. Like I've had former employees. One one former employee came out to practice last week. First time he had been back there in 22 years. He had wow. dealt with an awful lot in some parts, in a large part, or not all, but certainly part of it was what he had gone through there. He was going to come with someone else who had worked there for a long time. That person still felt like they couldn't come back because of all the mental scars. They had, and this is something they went through 20-some years ago. So you hear story of story after this. So in addition to the on-field um, you know, ineptitude or inconsistencies, bad, mediocre, whatever, it was all the other stuff that just made it a difficult franchise for fans to fully embrace. And, and when you treat people like that, it just it doesn't work well. Like, life isn't hard, man. Treat people well, and you yeah. usually end up doing a pretty good job. It's not that difficult, and it was for this guy. And, you know, I mean, he just – people even now, people who, who joined the club recently, some of them would say, well, I haven't seen that Dan Snyder. I'm like, well, everybody else has. But what they would also <laughs> say is they would acknowledge that his biggest mistake was surrounding himself with bad people and then letting them have their say. But you're surrounding yourself with bad people. What does that make you? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's certainly when – 
Go ahead. No, I was going to say, when he said that it was like his identity, it made me wonder if on the day that he walked out, even though he walked out with a lot of money, if he walked down towards the Potomac with his bodyguard right behind him and sat down <laughs> like with succession. some – Like Kendall, right? Yeah, like, right? I mean, what do I was, do now? That was the takeaway of success. This was his identity. He doesn't care that he's doing fun. Maybe the inside is the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, he's overseas because – and see, here's the other thing. He can't come back here because this area just doesn't like him. And, you know, it's, I mean, he's got a wife, he's got kids, right? So yeah. he's now overseas. He became a, he got, he got citizenship in England. And, you know, it's, it's just, I mean, this is, this is what he'll go down as. He could, you know, and I don't know how many people are going to really want to do business with him in the future. Now the money always helps. Yeah. <laughs> it always helps. But the reputation is so bad and all this stuff that's come out is so bad that um, it just makes you wonder, what does he do? Because, you you know, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. I guess you sit there and count your money and you have fun. But I was going to say, right, yeah. you can I know, chill. I know for him, like I mean, right, that's not, yeah. But the, but I do know, like I said, there are people, back when all this first started, three years ago, I talked to him, like, do you think he'd ever sell? Like, no way. It's too much tied up into who he is. And it just reached a point where there was really no choice for them. So, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, nobody should feel, no one should feel sorry for that guy. You feel sorry for the people who, who sure. went through hell there. And this is also true. There, there's someone I talked to who worked here for a long time who told me, like, there was a, a psychiatrist, psychiatrist in Ashburn where they trained who said that half of his clients were former Redskin employees. Jeez. Man. Yeah, it was just bad. So hard. It was bad. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Even worse than it I think and we've all... We've yeah. all read all the reporting on it. It feels like it's even worse than all of the reporting is, and that's been catastrophic well, for the for the folks yeah. over there. And you could document it with many different people, what their experience were, male or female. And, you know, that's who I feel like when, when all this went down, I would hear from some former employees, and the first thing he says, I can go to a game again. I'm like, they're the people I'm really happy for, and the fan base too, but the people who work there – because it, like the Browns, it was a hallmark hallmark organization for the NFL, and and it went and look what it became. And you know, um, they, it meant something to them to work for this place because of what this team meant for the NFL. I mean, you know, um, but I mean, it was just yeah. I mean, it was bad. <laughs> so Josh Harris, six million. He he buys an iconic franchise, all uh, a brand at one point. Now the brand's kind of in a bunch of different places. It's been the football team and the commanders. There's all that. But I would imagine job one is um, you got to get Fed- FedEx so it's a nice place and people want to go there. But then beyond that, you got to get a stadium situation done. So right. where where does that where are they with that now <laughs> in terms of a stadium location or how to do it? What what are their thinking? What is their thinking on it? it does it differ from Snyder's? Um. Not really, but getting turning FedEx into something nice is going to be damn near impossible. It's yeah. more just like you just <clears throat> fix it so that way you don't have pipes leaking on people during games. It's a low bar, but they do have to invest money in that because even if – so the hard part for this area is that you're looking at three different locales, two different states in the District of Columbia. So you can look in within an hour's radius, but it's two states and, and the district. So you're going you're gonna to look at the old RFK site. If I had to rank them right now, I'd put that third on the list of, of where they're probably going to go. That's the emotional favorite. I think there's just there's a lot of political stuff that they have to fight through. 
And then it's how much money can they get out of them? Is it going to be enough? That's going to be a big question. Then you have um, where they play now at FedEx, which is in Prince George's County in Maryland. So it's about an hour from, from where Baltimore plays. <clears throat> That's a possibility. They're, they're renovating that area. The state is putting like $400 million into the surrounding area to build it up. And there's a lot of minority minority investment there. That's going to be a big deal for the franchise. Then you also have suburban Loudoun County, Virginia, one of the one of if not the wealthiest county in the in the country, and it's where they train currently. So like that's another possibility. I just think that in Virginia maybe a little bit harder to come to a deal. I don't know. I mean, so but is it so? All those sites are the same as what they were, but they are going back to the beginning with it because you have several people in this group josh harris mitchell rails mark ein all you know they're two of those are limited partners but they all have they're all from dc so they all have strong ties here and so you know they're going to see what they can get out of this chances are it's a year at the earliest before we know where they where they're going to build and and in talking to people it could be up to two years before we know so it could be another eight years before they open a new stadium that's why they have to put a lot of money into FedEx. I mean, this is a tough investment for them for, for that reason. So there's a long way to go with that. And it really, they're kind of starting over, even though people here know the groundwork of what, like what, you know, there are people here who know like, well, this is what Maryland would be comfortable with. This is what Virginia would be comfortable with. But they, but this group has different ties. And so we'll see what happens. And, and then when in case of emergency, you break glass, and here comes Magic Johnson to maybe help close a deal. So, because he's one of the limited partners. So, sure. But that's where they're at right now. So it's going to be a while before a new stadium gets open here. <laughs> it's just such a well, and then the branding the too. Branding. Like I think you'd want to watch that, but the, you know, I'm sure there's a Major bunch of people tutty. that want Redskins, and you can't go back to that. Yeah. I mean, Red Hogs, no, Red Wolves. Great. I love Red Hogs. Red Hogs is great. Red Hogs. Is there any momentum for any of those alliterations, um, John? So as far as that goes, like. The, the Red Wolves was a possibility last time. The problem is you have a college, Arkansas State, that is the Red Wolves. And then you have the Minnesota Timberwolves. So there was, they were very concerned about the legalities of fighting that and how long it could be tied up in courts by w one or both, and then what can you do with it after that. Because the trademarks and all that, I mean, it's an exhaustive process. It's, it's more litigious than it was before. And so the fear was you're going to go through this process and it may not be able to get what they want. And now you've got to start over. And it was, it would have been an expensive fight. So that's how they end up <clears throat> pushing that aside. And it's why they end up on the commanders, which is a name that very few have really embraced. Uh, certainly uh, there's a loud, my, I don't know if it's a minority or majority, but it's a loud voice that does not like it. So yeah. I don't know that they're going to change it, but they certainly are, you know, if I had to bet, in, in a couple of years, I'll probably start looking at it if it remains an issue. I, I, so I don't think it, it's certainly not closed off to being changed again. <clears throat> and the funny thing is, you know, as an, as an Indians fan and having them watch, watch them change the name to Guardians, and I'm sure there are a lot of people who don't like that still or won't embrace it still, but part of the reason why they really want, I think why they'd want to change this is because it reminds them of Dan Snyder. That's Whereas, right. like, you know, I mean, when you're an Indians mm -hmm. fan, like I'm watching the team, it's the same team you've watched. They look the same here. They changed the uniforms. It looked last year like more in with the name. It looked and felt like more like an expansion franchise, even though they fought hard to portray like, hey, you know, started and established in 1932, and they would do, go through all the history, and that's all legit. They haven't changed. 
but they made them look and feel different. And whereas the Indians and the Guardians, it looks the same. And so you feel like you're rooting for the same franchise, whereas here it felt different. And so I think they'd want to go start anew and get pushed. But again, like if they go out the next couple of years and they win, you know, and it's not inconceivable, like say in two years, they have, they start to become good, right? Cause they have some young talent and then they become good. You win, have a couple of years. Are people going to have the same appetite to change? You're going to say, Hey, this is what you wanted. You wanted a winner. Here it is. So, but that remains to be seen And short of that then I think there's still going to be the momentum for, for fans to change yeah. it. And I think this group will at least listen and, and see if they need to go down that road. Well, Bo and I, are, we're both, we want the Red Hogs. Go back to the exact original uniforms, <laughs> change the logo, put the R that was on the Joe Gibbs yeah, hat the Joe on Gibbs the side R. of the helmet, the, and let's the, call the it. The R would, people would like that. Listen, when they were the football I, team, fans liked that because it looked the same. Or they, I shouldn't say Yes, that. yes. Fans got used to it. But the look of the team was the same. And I think that, you know, I think that's important. Whereas you see them now, like they have one of their jerseys looks more like the Arizona Cardinal colors, like the burgundy right, yeah. Yeah. feels different and the helmet looks different. So, but yeah, if you went to the R with, you know, whatever, the, if it's the Red Hogs or there was some momentum, there was some thought for that because the Hogs, but, you know, I, I don't think it went as far as what people maybe wanted it to. Um, but, but, you know, the other part with the commanders is you can't shorten it. So it's like, well, do you call them the commies? commies. Damn, call the commies. The, you, the, could you call them the manders? Some people I hear people say, oh, how are the manders doing? Like, oh, come on. So, I think it's like, commies, right? Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's got to be I mean, commies, it's, unfortunately. Well, it's I guess a botch. It depends on which power, it depends on which power has, um, has the, uh, the political true. power in Washington. If you go to commies, if that's going to play or not. <laughs> That's very, very true, John. In terms of what we'll see from from the Washington team <laughs> on Friday, on. yeah, I mean, let's finally get to it. It's so much more fun off the field. But yeah. hey, I'm I, I'm uh, curious about Sam Howell. How much? Yeah. How much will we see? Much fun for a reporter off the field. No, how much, I think I think probably a, you know probably a couple series. They have a two day practice with the Ravens coming up early next week. That's a major point of emphasis for them. So I don't yeah. think they're going to sit there and play him too much tomorrow night. My, and I know he's going to start. My guess is that they typically they've played their starters about two series. The defensive guys might play less because it's, they're much further along in their development. This same defensive group for four years, essentially, and the same coaches. So there's continuity. Offensively, you have a new a coordinator in Eric Bieniemy. You have new starters at four line spots, and you have a young quarterback. You want to give them some work, but you don't, you know, they want to, can you work on the time? You can get this and then get them out because they don't want to, you know, the, again, that practice is a big deal. If they're going to practice hard a couple of days later, they don't want to exhaust, you know, certainly go too far in a, in a preseason game tomorrow night. So you mentioned the new offensive coordinator and apparently not everything can be kept on the field in Washington already. Oh, <laughs> What's going on with Eric bien yelling at players. And then that, I guess that, you know, you, coaches can be hard on players. We all know that we see it, but, and it's one thing for them to go to the head coach. That probably happens at times. Hey, can you help me out? The fact that Ron Rivera decided to bring that into a press conference, I almost dropped my jaw a little bit. What did you make of that? It was unusual. And, and it's all like players did go to him. And, and he told them to go to Bienemy. So, but yes, it's unusual for a head coach to bring that out to the, into the four. And part of, he said it clumsily, but what he, I know what he was trying to say, which is, hey, 
these players are going through a transition here and they need to get used to it, and now they are. And Look at how well we practiced this week. That's what he was trying to say, right? And I think, you know, I think if he had just kind of said, like, hey, transition, guys are still getting comfortable with being – like the phrase is comfortable with being sure. uncomfortable. That's, what, that's the big phrase this year. So, like, that's what he would have said, you know, if he said, like, they're still getting comfortable with being in, in, uncomfortable, but, they, but they're starting to get it. In fact, after Tuesday's practice, he told the enemy, like, I, I'm seeing it. They're seeing it. They're, they're buying in. And he was all excited. And then he comes off the field and realizes that he had created a bit of a firestorm with his morning comments. So that's, part, that's a lot of what he's trying to say. It's just that I think the way you say it has to, you know, he had to, he even said he put his foot in his mouth and he had to be more clear with what he was trying to say. So, you know, um, listen, the enemy is an intense, passionate coach. He is not just yelling at them. He's not Bobby Knight. He's intense and passionate. Right. He's, you know, if he'll be the, like, if, I mean, I'll tell you what, like this offense hasn't finished above 20th in points or yards since 2017. They need a kick in the butt, right? And so if you don't want someone yelling at you, freaking produce on the field, and they haven't. So, but what he does is, like, if you're, for example, there have been times where if the offense isn't breaking huddle and getting up to the line enough, fast enough, he's going to throw them off the field for that, for that series. Or he's going to, you know, have, get them, get on them to get up there. He is constantly on them with the details of it. They need that. But I think like some of it is he doesn't. The other part is he he, he knows one speed, man. <clears throat> he knows one speed, and it's he's going to go 100 miles an hour all day, every day. And I think that's I think where some players like you know are is this going to burn us out? And I know like there are some guys like you know this is fine now. How is it going to play if you start off slow and you're struggling and you're not getting the results that you need? Um, but they haven't gotten results in a long time and it hasn't worked. You needed somebody to come in and change things. And so, but yeah, he's just an intense pattern, but he says he's also just as likely to be yelling. Like, you know, he, he likes to drop, you know, good, you know, good bleep. Hey, that was great bleep, great bleep. Right you know, fertilizer. Right. <laughs> and so, um, you know, like all that. So like, he's as, just as apt to do that as he is to really get on you, but it's the details. Like if you don't, if you're running a screen and you're not at the right place, you're going to run it again. And, you know, things like that. And, and like the urgency they have to get to the line of scrimmage with, <clears throat> you know, they run a high volume of plays in, in practice. I have had guys like this is the best shape they've been in since they've been in the NFL because they're having to do so much volume practice, a lot more running because of it. And so I think it's all of that is what it is. It's not just like, oh, he yells at us. It's just there's an intensity that does not it, – it, I think that dude's drinking five Red Bulls in the morning and it just <laughs> takes him through the whole day because that's just how he is, you know. But he's not he's, – like it's not just yelling to yell. He, he's, he's, like, this is a team that hasn't produced in a long time. Yeah. John, if you would have told me at the time of his drafting that a fifth-year option was not going to be picked up on Chase Young, I would have said you were nuts. Um, now there's been injury, so I understand it. Um, the production hasn't been there either. He's dealt with a lot of stuff. How does he look now? He looks, he looks good. So early on especially, he ditched his brace. He had the brace on his knee at the end of the year. I'm going to go back to the end of last year. They pushed hard for him to come back because they kept telling me, the doctors say your knee is fine. He had to get past it mentally to trust the knee. It wasn't just an ACL tear. 
it was a ruptured patellar tendon. It was a bad injury. So it took him a little bit to trust it. And the, then the more he played in three games last year, the more you could see him start to trust it. And they wanted him to play so they could get rid of that part of it before this season. So, you know, so that way he'd come into this season, he, he trusted it, he was ready to go. And that's what we're seeing. You see more of the get off off the ball with him. What you don't know, it's hard to tell in practice though, like, are you going to finish, right? Are yep. you, but he, he, but he certainly looks like he's got that burst off the line. The key for him, and this is where he struggled that second year before the injury. So, you know, at Ohio State, you get off the ball, you got these violent hands, and he doesn't have a lot of moves. That's not his strength. But he has, you know, he can beat you inside, he can beat you outside, attack half the tackle, right? You know, attack a side and win that side. He was doing that as a rookie. As a, as a second year, he would come off the line, get that burst, and then he'd stutter step. And the minute he'd do that, he would lose power in his hands. And, and he would get neutralized. And that became an issue for the coaches. Like, why are you doing that so often? And whenever he did, it just, he was done. And, and he wouldn't get any push. When he would be, when he would just maintain that power, he was much more effective. Not always getting there, but applying some pressure and helping out. So, but he looked, he's looked, he's looked, good right and chase, i mean chase is always like he and montez sweat their other defensive end are the two guys you want coming off the bus first because they just look unbelievable right um yeah but but he's looked good off the ball and we'll see how it translates in games we'll get you out of here on this one john jacoby Brissett was great when he was here played very well some of his best numbers of his career great human <clears throat> being as well so number one yeah how is our guy jacoby doing and then two I read a report that he's going to start getting some first-team reps. Is is this a competition still, or is it Sam Howell's job? It's Sam Howell's job, um, and he he got some first-team reps in practice. Part of it is they just want to get him familiar with some of these guys. This um, this is still Howell's job to lose as long as he goes out there and doesn't um, you know crap the bed or whatever. Then he's going to get win the job because they like what his long-term potential is. But they do want Brissett ready, and it's a just in case. But some of it is like, you know, if Casey has to go in, you want some familiarity with these starters. And and so uh, the other day in practice was the first like he's been in. He had a walk through the other day where he went in with them for a little bit, or a jog through. And then the other day in practice, where it was legit practice, he went in for like a couple plays in one series. So it's not like they're alternating series or anything like that. But you know, I think he's a terrific pickup for them. And they tried to re-sign Taylor Heineke. I think Brissett is better. I think he's a true pro quarterback. And part of it is, too, they, he organized a trip to Florida before the season. He was telling some of the others there, like, this is what we're going to do. He was mentoring Sam Howell during this time. Like, he's been exactly what you would think he is. And, if he, and the other thing they know about him, if he has to play, he doesn't need as much time to get ready. Like, they have to give Howell all this time to get him ready, but to also see what is he capable of. So I think they know that if for some reason how – so like this game, the Ravens practice, the Ravens game are going to be key moments for how to see like, okay, is he really where they hope and think he's at? And if not, then, you know, then I think if he has a bad week, let's say, then I think you could start to see like, hmm, maybe. But I don't – right now it's his job to lose. And it's been that way since the spring. And I don't like, I haven't seen anything in practice that would suggest that they need to go in a different direction right now. 
John, you're the best, man. Thank you so much for your time. We love the conversation. Always have fun, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right, that's John Kime, ESPN NFL Nation Commanders reporter via the Twisted T hotline. Commies are here on Friday. MJ Emerson coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Belly Bet, sports betting partner, Cleveland Browns, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns. Nathan Zagura alongside one of our favorites here on the show, Browns second-year cornerback MJ Emerson. MJ, first of all, dude, great to see you. How the heck are you doing, man? Doing good. You know, just... Stacking days, you know, day by day in this training camp and just trying to get better as a collective with our group and, you know, just take it to the next level this year. All right, before we get into the green briar and the stuff you're doing on the field, you just did something pretty cool yeah. off the field. You guys gave helmets to a high school. I'm a football field away from that. You could hear them screaming the joy. How cool was that to be a part of? Oh, uh, man, that was cool, you know, just to um, give back to the kids, you know, and just watch them just be so, you know, happy and, and, and blessed to um, receive those helmets. And hopefully, you know, they win a lot of games with no helmets. So Absolutely. Could you imagine if you were in high school and you came to an NFL team's facility and their three-star cornerbacks, because in this case yeah. it was you, Greg, and Denzel, unveiled new helmets for you. Like, is it surreal to you that you're now the guy doing that for other people? Yeah, man, that's a blessing. You know, and that's just like me just thinking about it. Like, when I was growing up in high school, we had two speed flexes. The rest was just like – you know, just regular helmets, not really like, you know, the best quality, but we had two speed flex and you had to be one of those guys, like one of the best guys on the team, like the top two to get one. And just to come back and, you know, give those guys, you know, brand new Zenas, 85, you know, 85 helmets. So that's just a blessing. And I know they happy because I would have been so geeked up, you know, to be in that position. <laughs> did you did you earn yeah, one of those? Yeah, I was yeah, a speed flex guy. Yeah, I was, yeah. but it was just like the best option. But I really never liked speed flex that much, okay. honestly. What do you wear now? F7. That's my kind. I like round helmets. Like, I love round helmets. That's for some reason. All right. Let's go to the Greenbrier. What was that like for you? First time, obviously, in the NFL where you kind of took a team trip like that. A lot of bonding, a lot of good work as well. What was that like for you? Man, it was just a getaway for the team. You know, everybody just to gel together and just kind of get to know each other. You know, um, man, and the DBs was with each other almost 24-7, all the way up to bed check every day and just, you know, building that bond with the guys. And, that's you know, that's the most important because, you know, those are the guys we're going to war with. Come Sunday, so that was just fun. It was a fun experience. Do you? What's the biggest difference in you right here today than if I we were doing this interview a year ago? You know, getting ready to play because you haven't played a preseason game yet this year. You will Friday. Getting ready to play in that preseason game against the Jags. What's the biggest difference in you? The biggest difference, um, just experience, you know, and, and knowledge that I know now that I wish I would have known, you know, when I was a rookie. But you know, that's a part of being a rookie. Sure. So. Um, I'm excited, man. I'm the same guy, honestly, for real. I'm the same guy, you know, the same mentality. I just want to go out and you know, put my best foot forward and just work hard for the team. So I have a few little birdies who have told me that you are, like, really becoming a leader even in your room and you're playing with guys who are very accomplished, but that, that is just your mentality. You kind of have that dog and that leadership. Is that something you've always had? Yes, sir. Um, I never was a follower growing up. I always led by example, you know, and I always brought guys along. And um, last year, I wouldn't say it was hard, but you know I was a rookie, and it was kind of harder, you know, just to, you know, just to be that leader that I always been my whole life, and just try to bring everybody along when I was just like, you know, only here for a couple months. So, um, but yeah, I'm just, you know, getting back to myself in that um, leadership aspect, and that's society. I want to take you back to week five 
of your rookie season? Because I think this is where you took like a massive leap and I think it affected everybody around in terms of being able to be that leader. And you, I'm sure you'll remember this. We were playing the Chargers and at some point in that game, you're like, give me Mike Williams. You're like, give me 81, I got him. And then at the end of the game, on a fourth down play that they went for at midfield, you were one-on-one -on -one with Mike Williams. They went at you, you got the PBU, we got the ball back. Was that the moment for you that really kind of catapulted you to everything we saw over the, the rest of the season and just kind of maybe even that leadership? Because to go up and stand there amongst your peers and be like, I'm good, I'm taking that, that's my guy now. And then to go out and back it up, was that like a big turning point for you? Yeah, uh, I would say so. Just proving, you know, to my peers and to, and to my coaches, you know, and just, you know, everybody that's, that already believed in me, but just showing them that, you know, I'm one of those guys that can, that's willing and, and you know, will get the number one receiver whenever you need me to. And, uh, yeah, that was just exciting. But I wouldn't say that was a turning point because i always been that guy. Like, honestly, like, just that always been me. But it was just like, you know, I just had to make, you know, I just had to show it. I just had to make plays and, and just prove it, you know. Did you notice maybe you knew it was always there? That is exactly who you are. But did you notice your teammates after that point being like, "Oh, okay." Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. After that play, it was just like, "Yeah, we got us. A, we got us a young guy. You know, that's that's competitive and and he want to be on the best receiver and just want to compete." So that was like, "Yeah, blessing." I'm, I'm happy for that moment. Yeah, it was a great moment. You finished the season, 15 pass breakups. We're gonna get that first interception this year. I know you and Gray got a little competition. What's on? What are the stakes in that? Or if you're able to share stakes, um, really is just. Just an item that, that one of us want. Maybe it's a very expensive item. Okay. So, yeah, that's probably the stakes. Okay, all right. Well, so we'll be paying attention to that, certainly, when we get going here early in this season. Let's talk about this work that you're getting against Deshaun, who in this offense, so much talent now. The addition of Elijah Moore. You've got Donovan Peoples-Jones. you got Amari. You had earlier in the offseason Marquise Goodwin. So you got different body types, different speed types, different route running types. How good has that work been for you, and, and how are you feeling right now? Man, it's – it's great work, you know, because it's different body types. Um, each receiver, you know, has something that they're very good at, and uh, we just get to get that every every practice, you know. Amari with great releases at practice. Um, Elijah Moore with quick cuts out of his break. Um, just all of them, honestly. Mark uh, Goodwin, you know. Yep. I mean, can fly. Yeah, can fly. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, so it's just it's just just getting a lot of reps and just getting you prepared for the game for Sunday. So, I'm. Excited about that, you know, and we go back and forth with those guys, and yep. they talk a little smack, so, you know, that that pushes even harder. You guys are talking a lot of smack. Yeah, lot. When I was at the Green Bar, I could tell the DB, especially because we were kind of like right on the field in those red zone drills, there was a lot of smack. You may have had a pick right there, may have been pick six. Who's to say? Not me. Yeah. What, what do you like? What do you like? What do you like about kind of that, that you guys are battling like that, having that friendly banter? Because you can tell it just elevates everybody's energy. It just elevates us, and it just brings, you know, that um, the passion, and, and it brings out the competitiveness you know, with each other because we're just making each other better. And on Sunday, it's just going to make it 10 times easier, you know, because we're going hard every play and we just, you know, competing. All right, Friday, finally going to get on the field here against the Washington Commanders. What are you looking forward to the most? A team we saw last year at the end of the regular season, some very good receivers, Terry McLaurin, Dotson, guys who can run. What are you looking forward to about getting out there and getting a chance to compete again? Man, I'm just ready to get out there with the guys and just, you know, um, just get a feel for how it's going to be when, um, when the season starts, you know, just compete and just have fun, honestly. That's what that's what I'm looking forward to. How was it to be on the sidelines for the Hall of Fame game? You know, I got to talk to you guys, a couple of you guys before the game. Like, I love how much you guys love the other guys in your room. You're like, oh, look out for Biggs. You know, look out for Cam Mitchell. And then those guys go out there and get after and make some plays. How fun was that kind of watching that and seeing those young guys go out there and know that, hey, I'm only in my second year, but 
it was cool to be in that position, right? It's a good position to be in where I just get to watch this week. Nah, yeah, it was fun, man. It was fun just to uh, kind of sit back and just watch our uh, our young young boys get after it. And, you know, they, they held their own. You know, they made some plays. And, they, they, you know, they represented for our cornerback uh, room pretty good. And I salute them for that. Honestly, I wanted to play <laughs> for real. I was like, I was out there like, man, if I could just put my pads on, I'll go run a couple reps. But it was fun, man, to watch those guys get after it. All right. So we've got the game on Friday, and I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit to the following week, Philadelphia. You got kind of a real, I would say, indoctrination in the NFL, those joint practices. I remember those a year ago, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and some good competition. I remember you had a nice PBU, gave the big, no, sir, strap them up, let's go. How excited are you to kind of get that work? Going on, that was a team that went to the Super Bowl a year ago, and really maybe an opportunity to kind of measure where are we now versus where are we where we were a year ago. Exactly. I would just say that's just um, where we can measure ourselves and just actually see, you know, how good we really are, honestly, you know, because that's um, a championship contender and uh, that, that's a great team. And just go against those guys, you know, we're going to bring the energy. I know they're going to bring the energy, so it's going to be really fun. So we'll really see where we at, you know, heading into our, um, our last preseason game and getting ready for week one. I love your confidence. Speaking of week one, how cool is it going to be to back, be in front of the fans, open the season at home, division game. Like, it's all right there. It's all you want in that one right there. Yeah, we can't wait for that one, man. That's just, you know, the perfect way. Um, start the season, man, and be here in Cleveland in front of the fans, you know, playing on the lake and um, with, with that opponent, you know, with the Bengals. I mean, we wouldn't want anybody else, so that's going to be pretty fun. I love it. I feel the confidence just like oozing out of you. I love it, man. I'm excited for you. Have a great year. Thanks for the time as always. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, good stuff from MJ. I love you. Him. Uh, yeah, hard not to like. I love him. Looks good out there in that. Yeah. I, I think that he's a stud. I think that his mentality is the right way. I think you'd ask – you know, Brandon Lynch about him and his face lights up. I think you ask other corners about him, their faces light up. You ask the receivers about him. They know how tough he is. Oh, look at this gentleman. Yeah. Tequila. What a what a gentleman. He's Chivalry is not dead. Chivalry is not dead. Carrying a drink for the debutante. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. yeah, love it out of him. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard to decide ultimately at some point in this season there's going to be like, okay, like, who are the two corners when there are two corners on the field? Because MJ Emerson. When healthy, one of them's Denzel Ward because he's the best mirror. Like, he's going to go to another level in this if he can stay healthy. Yes. Because this is who he is. Yeah, but Greg is great and MJ's great. I mean, it's going to be there. Ward's probably the best mirror in the league, though. He's great. Great man corner. Yeah. So, I mean, just, I'm talking like. Just, I know. I wasn't even talking, I'm not about, talking him. about Yeah, but I mean, like, him as a, he will, if he can stay healthy, you will see a side of him that consistently, like, I don't think we've seen here. Which would be great. Entirely, and he's been great. Yeah. Uh, but those other two, yeah. I mean, the other two. The thing is, there's going to be three of them all the time on the field. Like, you're going to play with three corners almost. How many teams in the league don't have three receivers? Right. It's so rare. Very rare. You know? Yeah, you're going to have it. You'll have a lot. Week one, you'll have it the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. Don't forget, mailbag right. Thursday. Tweet us your questions. <laughs> Browns underscore daily. We'll get to those. Bobby's on a fast start. He's on a heater already. There's a bunch. He's hey, Bobby! Hey, Bobby! Hey, Bobby! When a medical state caused your injury, call the medical malpractice attorneys at 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk Oaks, proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Ben Bloom's availability coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, sports betting partner your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And be part one of the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance of securing tickets for all home games for future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. And now let's head to the podium. Ben Bloom's availability. Ben, I mean, when you have two younger guys like that who are missing time, yeah, like, I mean, obviously this time is so valuable in the preseason. So what's most important for them when they, you know, as they work towards coming back, I guess? Yeah, I, I think what's important for them is to stay in it mentally, you know, um, the best way possible. Uh, I've seen young players in the course of my career at this position, particular D end, miss a lot of time at the beginning of the season. Um, I coached Demarcus Lawrence his rookie year in Dallas when I was, you know, D ends, assistant D line, whatever my title was at the moment, but. Um, you know, he got hurt and missed the whole first whole eight weeks of the season, was on short-term IR, you know, and came back and played pretty well as a rookie. So, you know, he was a tough dude, and he had a good spring, and he had a good training camp before he got hurt, and, and both uh, both Alex and IT have, you know. So staying in it mentally, and I think, you know, visualizing their techniques, that they have enough experience that they should be able to draw back on that experience. And uh, when they come back, you know, I expect them to be, you know, ready to go because I know they can. Would you expect to use the same kind of deep rotation that Coach Schwartz talks about all the time, regardless of missing these two guys? Yes, we're going to rotate guys. I mean, the, the tempo in which we play and how we run and how we compete, like we're going to we're going to rotate players and, you know, whoever's up for the game, you know, we have all the confidence in the world that they can play in the game and, and rotate and play their role. And then Isaiah McGuire, right? What have you seen from him so far? And then does it feel like this is an even greater opportunity for him to kind of step up. Yeah, I appreciate using McGuire because I call him McGuire and I call <laughs> Isaiah Thomas IT so that I don't confuse myself or them. But uh, McGuire, um, first name Isaiah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's done a really nice job. You know, he's, uh, I think like any rookie, you know, doing this for the first time, uh, I think he's gotten better. You know, consistency with things like getting off the ball and closing the distance on offensive linemen like that's getting better for him um his urgency with his pass rush moves and uh his uh you know physicality and his precision with his hands are getting better um you know he had moments in the uh first preseason game versus the jets that didn't look very good and then he had other moments that looked pretty good so i I think he's trending in the right direction he's a smart guy he works hard he's very diligent in the meetings um he comes to work every day, and as long as he keeps improving, which he will, you know, he's going to be fine. I'm excited about, you know, what he's doing and where he's headed. With Jordan Elliott, um, I know he's been getting a lot of first-team reps next to Dalvin, but what have you seen from him coming into this year, and how has he sort of improved? 
A guy like Jordan, you know, it's fun because I've been here for four years um, and I've watched him just like grow as a person and as a player. Um, even though I wasn't his position coach, I was around him a lot and uh, he's just, um, he's improved, he's grown, um, he's, you know, has leadership traits, you know, the way he competes and the, how detailed he is and how he's accountable when things aren't, you know, perfect. Like it, he sets the tone for the whole group. In, in a certain way um, so he's got a lot of respect in the room and uh, you know I'm just he's a big man and he's you know he's explosive and he's tough and he's always working hard to get better and he he's coachable so um, you know he's a type of player that you love to coach and you know we're we're fortunate that he's here and he's a consistent dude every day. Kevin talks a lot about Zedari when we ask him about Zedarius he talks about the work and the work ethic he sees um, how's that showing up for you I mean you're in the meeting and how do you see that show up? Well, Zedarius, for lack of a better term, he's like a, a blue-collar, hard-working, humble guy. I mean, he's a he's a big name in the NFL. He's had a lot of career sacks. He's had multiple contracts. But that I, I don't think that has, uh, you know, allowed him to go far from his roots. You know, he's, I think he still identifies as the guy that didn't play a lot of high school football and had the basketball background and, you know, it had to go to JUCO to get, you know, offers and then, you know, um, fourth round pick, you know, so he's uh, outperformed most people's expectations, not his own, but what you would expect from a guy with that background. So I think he holds on to that a lot. You know, he, he knows uh, why he's had a successful NFL career and it has to do with his work ethic and his toughness. And he continues to do that every day. You know, so, um, you know, it's it's fun to see a guy like that. And it's really good for the room when you have a veteran who, you know, handles himself that way around the younger players. When you stood out to them. Yeah. Um, you know, having guys out for the time, Alex Wright, Yeah. Does that make sense in, in what you are able to do with the rotation? Is that an opportunity to see what these guys can do in a, in a real game setting in terms of that rotation? Yeah, I mean, my job is to coach all the players in the room, right? So whether they're rookies who are undrafted or second year players who are drafted or guys that have made pro bowls and guys that have, you know, had multiple contracts and have had a lot of success in this league. I got to coach all of them, get them all ready to play. My job is, you know, to develop these guys, help them improve. And then ultimately when there's a game coming up, get, get, help them get ready for the game. So, uh, you know, it's exciting for me when guys get uh, additional opportunities when the roster situation creates that, because it really, uh, you know, it'll be revealing on how well are we coaching, how well are we preparing in practice when guys get uh, an opportunity to play more. So it's an exciting thing for them and for me. It's essentially kind of like having a, a mix of experience levels, right? Yeah. For these, these young guys, these rookies, have you seen enough of them so far in training camp or do you expect to see enough of them for them to have real opportunities this season? Can they take that leap and be ready to make an impact? Short answer, yes. Um, yeah, these guys are improving every day. Um, I need to remind myself that, you know, we're, you know, we've had some padded practices here and we've had uh, one preseason game. Okay, so there's more work to be done before the season starts. And then once the season starts, you know, it's not like we don't improve during the season. We're, we're supposed to improve during the season and get better as the year goes on. And, you know, a lot of rookies, you know, play better at the end of the year in their rookie year or in the middle of the year than they did in week one and week two. So, yeah, you know, 
like Siaki, like he's done enough and demonstrated enough that, shoot, we just keep getting better, we'll be just fine. But, you know, we're going to have to keep working. Be fun to see all those guys on Friday night. Coming up next, it is a Thursday. It is the mailbag. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Valley Bet, sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Am I? Yes, you are. Okay. Welcome back into the program. We we talk just real quickly before we get into the mailbag. I'm I'm seeing this on uh, on the social. Um, just broke on a show. This is not NFL, so don't get too excited about oh, it. Oh, man, just, you got me. Just broke on a show in Iowa that the Big Ten Championship game will be played at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas in the near future and potentially in Los Angeles in the near future well, as well. So this won't be a permanent move away from Indy, but guess what? They're going to start farming this out. Wouldn't it be nice if you could do it in the great state of Ohio? And, Bo, how would maybe that come about? <sighs> Dome! Let's go. Let's go. Vegas? Like, I get L.A. because I mean, USC and UCLA and the – but, but, like – Come on. Right, come on. The Big Ten is the Midwest. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. Gene Smith stepping down yesterday, the athletic director at Ohio State. Yeah. So that was huge, huge news. And he was uh, – he's one of the most powerful men in college athletics and one of the reasons that UCLA and UCLA are in – USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten – um, so there's a lot going on still on that front, on the conference expansion front. Could be more stuff happening there, but um, you knew that would happen. We've talked about a lot in regard to the stadium here and whatever is done. Dome allows for that. It allows for the Big Ten championship game. It allows for college football playoff games. It allows for college football national championship. It allows for all of the things that Indy has gotten. You could have too. So I just thought that was noteworthy. It is noteworthy, and it, it goes – we talked about it. I mean, that's one of the things we said. If, if a dome were to make its way here, yep, that you would have the Big Ten championship. You'd probably have for a, sure. one Ohio State game a year. You'd probably, oh, for sure. You're going to get a – you would get a college football playoff game because those first games are on campus. So you get – not only could you get – probably wouldn't get a Michigan one. That would probably happen in Detroit, obviously. But sure. you would get an Ohio State one. It's possible you could get a Penn State playoff game. Can't say it isn't. In a dome. Right. So. Hmm. Novel concept. Yeah. Those are those events, as we were talking yesterday, those events like a Taylor Swift concert, it's not just about the ticket revenue, it's about the revenue of everybody who comes to the town, mm -hmm. the money that's spent at the hotel, spent in the restaurants. Oh, my gosh. Those are big booms. Final Fours. Have you guys ever been to, you've been to a Final Four, right, Kibbe? I have. I mean, a Final Four starts on Wednesday yep. and goes until Tuesday morning. You have the Fan Fest. Yeah, you it's got a five-day deal that – thousands upon thousands invade your town i mean it's super bowl is that way college football national championships isn't quite that way because of the way they do it now it's that way in the old days with the bowls where it was like a vacation but now they don't really do it that way it's more like a playoff game kind of um but yeah all those things wrestlemania's all that worth a ton of money we're yeah. talking like to an yeah. economy yeah. it's like a hundred million dollar shot in the arm that's right yeah yeah you see like what tennessee's doing you go geez do that boy that copy is, that sucker. we didn't talk about that yesterday Let's well they talk the, about it the, they put the video imaging out again was it yesterday afternoon or evening yeah. i saw it this morning for the first time i'd seen the still images of that thing before but i'd never seen like the fly-throughs and stuff 
That's going to be unbelievable. So that's uh, similar to that's similar to SoFi in the fact that it's not high off the ground; it is deep in the ground. Yeah, they dug it, dug it down. Um, yeah, that'll be that thing's going to be unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. not too shabby. That no. that town. No, I feel like that town's going to eclipse Vegas here sooner rather than later. I think it's already there. Quite honestly, for I know it's already there from a housing perspective. Correct. Like Vegas, the desert's big. There's not that – it's hills, man. Nashville's yeah. hard to continue to carve out places to live. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no question. Time for a little mailbag Thursday. Tweet us your questions at Browns underscore daily. Oh, I should say that it's presented by Cross Country Mortgage, official mortgage partner of your Cleveland Browns when it comes to financing. We always get you home. Visit ccm.com today. Equal housing opportunity, NMLS 3029. Wonderful. Bang. Give it. Brad Howard, what Hall of Fame would you two be inducted into? For example, Gibby would be in the Alcohol Consumption Hall of Fame. I'm not so sure about that, given the events of last Saturday night. <laughs> I feel like there's a few people that would get in well ahead. I think you're probably true on that. I that yeah, that was that made you like reassess where you were as a drinker. I was telling yeah. a story the other day about my uh, my childhood buddy Mark Servi's dad, Big Lou, and. One day we were there, and my good friend Vince Condy, friend of the show, was the guy that can't make a basketball shot. The waft, uh, the waft. He was. Uh, he can make a basketball shot, but he not that yeah. day. Not that day. Not that day. Um, I know he's listening. Yelling. At <laughs> he probably is. So one day we were there, like I think we'd all come back from like college, and we're over at Big Lou's house, and we're hanging out, drinking or whatever, and. You know, like at that age, like somebody make make a comment like Vince was like, ah, oh, dude, you know, like I'm wasted. I've had like seven blah, blah, yeah. blahs, you know, yeah. <laughs> Big Lou looks at him dead in the eye and he goes, drinkers never count and counters never drink. <laughs> That's a great line. There you go. That's your life lesson of the day. The amateur parties down the street. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Hit the bricks, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and said, like, dead serious. Like, dead serious. <laughs> That's Big nice. Lou. I like that. I used to bring a Mad Dog 2020 when I went over to my oh house. Oh, my God. It's like an offering. Here, sir. What flavor? Loved it. Please have a he liked, uh He liked the, the orange. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do that. And the orange many the a blue. Night, Big Lou was a vet, and many a night at Big Lou's would end with all the lights out and him watching Apocalypse now. Jeez. <laughs> Oh my god! And he'd invite you to sit down. Just some light movie, just a little light feel-good movie. A little lighthearted. A little nice flick to put you in a good mood before yeah, bedtime. Can I interest you in Apocalypse Now? You guys know now. what Apocalypse Now is? With a mad dog. Like either one of you know. Oh my god, Francis Ford Ooh, Coppola. Nope. Epic. That's one of my they favorite have films. No idea. Yeah, but it's a full day. Yeah. <laughs> Look. Yeah, with a lot of yeah. A lot of it's real. not vacation. Larry Fishburne's debut. Credited as Larry. As Larry? Hey, yeah, remember he was on the back of the boat with the gun. Oh, that's right. The youngins right. have yeah. never experienced yeah. it. There too, yeah. I mean, it is a classic. Well, it's also Marlon one of those Brando. things like you're signing up for it. It's long, it's right? Like three it's very hours. long. Yeah, like in this it, Scorsese Coppola, like in the, that yes. era, everything was three hours. It was big bombs. And then you can, after you watch it, Uno, then you watch Heart of Darkness, which is like a movie about the making of. Yeah. It's great stuff. Heavy. Harrison Ford, no, Martin Sheen. Harrison Ford's in Apocalypse Now. Yeah, he's the he's like just a very minor, very role. small role. I have not seen it in probably twenty five years. I've only he seen it is, once. I better have this right, or this is gonna piss me off. I'm 
he's like a Martin the Sheen home. He's Duvall just in the base is like a young like officer at the base. Yeah, Sheen Duvall, Brando. Yep, Duvall. Oh my god, Duvall's amazing in that. Yeah, pretty good early. Yeah, resume. he was in it. So it's would it. you guys be in a Hall of Fame? Is there a Hall of Fame that you'd be in? I think we're in the Hall of Fame of men about town. Yes, of just big bees. Yeah, I think you know, dudes. Yeah. We have then we have statues that said we're like great. At one men point, somewhere. yeah, there is. You do. There are statues. What does that maybe say? On the other side. Gentlemen's Hall of Fame or yeah. something? Yeah. Greatest yeah. gentleman Hall yeah. of Fame. Harrison yeah. Ford. He was Colonel Lucas. Got it from yeah, our good friend Marty. Yeah. Marty Fox. Shout out, buddy. Good job out of you, Marty. Um, Silent Night. Aside from Joe Thomas, who would you bring back from a former team and add to this current Browns team? <laughs> oh, real quick on the side One time. We were, uh, it was a, a Jagera fest, and we're this all together. This is why we're going to get to two mailbag questions a uh, second. Okay, we did a double header. This is one of my favorite memories. Okay. I want to say I turned 30, maybe, is when this happened. Mm-hmm. We do a double feature. We're down in the basement. The first part of the double feature is going to be serious. It's, it's Apocalypse Now. The second part was, like, one of the Jackass movies. Okay. So, <laughs> opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. So, we go. This is at my cousin Dave's house. It's not even my house. I put the DVD in because, like, nobody was really, like, knew what to do with you. I put the DVD in. I don't touch anything. We start playing it. The opening line is Saigon and then the word for as a French. So, yep. somehow it was in the French dub. And Zago goes, Nate! And starts <laughs> screaming at me that it's in French. Like, how could you do this? Like, <laughs> what have I done? And then there was, and then, and then by the end, I jackassed. I don't think I you could spell he, that out either. No, I don't know if you can either. Yeah, I feel like you should have dumped that, Paulus. If you, well, it's too late now. It's too late now. It's done. Yeah, you can't spell that out. It's still like saying it. I think it would have been gone, Gibbe, and then you brought, like, I yeah, think you the put a act. Spotlight on I it. noticed the act, but then I think you extra spotlighted the act. Yeah, I think it would have been gone to Pluto, gone. But I no for future reference, I don't think you no. can either. Okay. Now you know. Could you I say mean, it in a different language? No. So I, that's why I, I stepped away from that. I guess as long as nobody would know, I'm, I guess as we have some in our no audience who can speak answer. speak yeah. French. French. Some, yeah. not as much anymore. My kid. I did. Quite fluent. Yeah. I am. When I took when I was in high school, I they took don't French because at that point it was the. International language of business, believe it or not. We could. It is now. And of love. Yeah. You could have, you could pick Spanish or French. Same. I went yeah. French, which useless. <laughs> Spanish, it turns out. I do remind my much more child useful. of that. I'm like, yeah. unless you're planning now on you going can learn, to live over there. Now, yeah. like my kids, it's, it's Spanish. I don't even know if you can do French. I think it's like Spanish and Chinese. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mandarin. Yeah. What was that? Okay, former player, Aside any from former Joe player. Thomas, who would you bring back from a former team and add to this current Browns team? I mean, like at the peak of their power. Apex Josh Gordon would be hard to say no to. Yeah. Yes. Like, I could go with a little Michael Dean Perry. I thought about him the too, but then we line. just added Harris, yeah, so like mind. that room's nice. But like Michael Dean Perry, peak of he his would be a great Josh one. Josh Gordon is like unstoppable, yeah. the leading receiver in the NFL. Yeah, yeah he, he would have been wide receiver. Yeah, with it's this with race. with Watson. Yeah. That's the one that jumps out. Yeah. Uh, this is a good one. Roman Soldiers. Has Nathan's girl ever been on one of my party buses that Mike Demiz used to rent every Wednesday night before Thanksgiving? Uh, Hashtag epic. If not, ask him about them. Oh, I... Of course, Mizfest. <laughs> I was on the buses. Yeah. Yes. And the, and your bus came to the VIP. We've been to the VIP. Been to the Many VIP times. before Thanksgiving. Miz That's right. Fest. To join me. Yeah, Mizfest. Sad. Now he's, he's got kids. He wouldn't understand. He can't do those can't things Can't do it anymore, anymore yeah. So anyways, that's I'll his change. big line on our... Whenever he loses in fantasy football, he's like, I got two kids, dude. You wouldn't understand. 
Most of the people in the league have at least one, if not <laughs> right. two, or some in cases yeah. more right. kids. But yeah. that's his life. That's his life. Yeah, I can't do MizFest. I have two kids. You understand. <laughs> that's a good life. Well, I've only had two kids for a long time. We're good. 13 plus years now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, H. Snyder, what is your drink of choice after a Browns victory? In the, words, the time of year. in the words of the great band UB40, red, red wine. Great song. Great song. That's a banger. They have a lot of hits, by the they way. They do. Yeah, they do. They do. They've got, that's a good one. I haven't heard that in a long Fill time. Fill My Cup. Great song. Yeah. KCK. Good afternoon, Big B's and Gibby. Give me your Mount Rushmore of best supporting acting roles. Mine, Val Kilmer, Doc Holliday, Goodman, and Walter Sobchak, Bale, uh, Dickie Eklund and Ledger Joker. Okay. I, I mean, like you make an argument Ledger's almost like the starring. The I know he won Best Supporting Actor for that, but that's kind of like the starring role yeah. in Let that. Let me just say, that was on the Mount Rushmore ways to open up a question to us on the mailbag. No problem with that statement. Why I you at all. That. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah, the no, correct way to answer that. it. It's good job at it. So him. him, supporting actor in this yeah. thing that we're yeah. doing, you get that. Uh, I got. I like Soap Jack's a great one. Leon Black from Curb Your Enthusiasm. God. I mean, Leon's so is. Have you yeah. guys seen Curb Your Enthusiasm? That's a fine. Oh, man. Both of you. Ouch, both of you. We hear that trading has been halted on the Uno. Oh, a massive sell-off just happened. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Let's get their feet back together. Oh, my God. And then he just turned I into think, Alibaba. I think for them, they should know. I mean, supporting actor Vince Vaughn in Wedding Crashers, I consider him the supporting actor, too. I mean. I don't know. That feels like. Owen, Wil- Owen Wilson's the star. Are we no, sure? I no. think Va- that feels like a Vaughn vehicle to me. You think? Yeah. I think it's a Vaughn vehicle. The real think- love interest, the, old, the time that's devoted to true love uh, and all that is all Are you Owen sure that the, true, the, the true love isn't the other? Well, if one... Feels like... Because Vaughn actually marries the other. Yeah. Like that's, he does. There's quite a bit of time spent on that. Old school? I think that's... Uh, what's his face? Well, that's Farrell or Vaughn in old school. Or Farrell and old school. Yeah. Is he a lead or is he a supporting? Oh, Farrell's Farrell's definitely supporting in old school. Luke That's Wilson, a Luke is Wilson. Technically the he's lead. the lead, yeah. but I mean he's a zip. Not. But I mean, I think, hang on, zip's hard. Not much. All right. I, I mean, Kilmer call- in Tombstone is the he should have won the Academy Award for Tombstone. Yes. He's out. I mean, he's unbelievable in that. That's a good one. Um, Sobchak also very very good. What about what about? Um, Ben Gazzara as Brad Wesley in Roadhouse. Oh, oh man. Oh, baby. Fantastic. Great. We brought J.C. Penny. Great villain. J.C. Penny to town. Wilt Chamberlain in, as the sidekick in Conan the Conan. Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain's very great. Um, all right, hold on. Why can't I think of the move? What's the one with Jonah Hill and it's obviously a DiCaprio. Super bad. No, Not DiCaprio. Bad. Oh, Wall Street. Wolf of Wall no, Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Matthew McConaughey in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, that's a great. That's more of a cameo, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah. But it is incredible. It's a Jonah Hill's on a heater in that, too. By the way, speaking of other great cameos, Matt Damon in Eurotrip. Yeah, he, yes. he loved that one. That's always a good one. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty I doesn't mean, know. Man. It's one of the most. When you think about the gravitas of Matt Damon and the fact that he shows up at that movie yeah, to sing Euro Scotty Trip. Doesn't Know, Stifler. Is stunning. Yeah. Stifler could make, make a case. Stifler in American Pie is pretty good. Yep. He's in your well that whole family, the whole yep. Stifler family is pretty dynamite there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Richie, 
Who's a controversial athlete that you'd like to see a documentary on? I know how to talk. Well, is, has there ever been like a full-on everybody involved in it? And I feel like the answer might be yes, and then shame on me for not watching it on Mike Tyson. Like, There's the whole been deal. something, but not. Everything. And I want a full John Daly because I was a big John Daly guy. Like, I want a yeah. full John Daly experience. Yeah, I think the accounting of – I think the Tyson real truth would be, would be the life – I mean, from the given stuff all the way through would be pretty crazy. I mean, the man was in bad. prison for two years. Like, he's in prison. Like, there was a lot on that. Um, I think I think an unfiltered real truth on Tiger Woods would be pretty amazing if you got it. You know. That will be on HBO Max. For sure. But the uh, – <laughs> I mean, that's a lot going on. That's a lot going on. All right, rapid fire time. The Spaz, how do we score one of those Hoff-approved black and white trucker hats? Great question. I don't know where he got that. I, I mean, it's a, it's 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 cool. It I, is cool. I, is it black and white or is it brown, like dark, dark brown and white? I couldn't tell. I mean, I saw him in it. But I think I it was tell. black. Black? I okay. Black. Yeah, I, have, I haven't seen it. It's the Stiffy, Stiffy Elf, right? Mm-hmm. Bobby time. If you knew it was your last day on earth, what would you make sure to do? Hang with my family. I I like everybody answer. I know that I love get around. Get them in. Let's get in the mix. Have yep. a prime rib and let's live, damn it. Let's watch. What would you let's change live. about your childhood? My dad. <laughs> I believe that's two for two. <laughs> the yoke. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Where's a moment that you knew you made your parents proud? <laughs> According to him, never. I think we're going two for two on this. No, no. Uh, I feel like my dad got a little when I when I got to get into the booth last year. My dad got like a little emotional. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was cool. What's your favorite smell? Can't. We're already we've already spelled a word. We're we're good. I gotta bring it back. Would you rather live by the beach or up in the mountains? I like. I'm a mountain. I like mountains with a view. Yeah, the problem is, is like up in the mountains can you? Can, that's pretty isolating too. Um, I feel like with a beach, I'm, I'm always going to be in a pretty good spot, so I'll, I'll roll with the beach. If you were elected president, what would be your first act? Too heavy, Bobby. Yep. Too heavy at this at this hour. Uh, Pass. What's the first thing you notice when you meet a person? Yeah. I, yep. We're going on. Pass. Uh, if you could if travel, like to got it together. If, if you could travel back in time to any historical event, which would it be? We're a little gun shy after Zagura spelling out words. Any historical event? If you could travel back in time to any historical event, which would it be? We have about thirty. Seconds. I mean, I think I'd thrive in the fifties and well, the sixties. Yeah, I want to be Madman. I want to be Madman. I think that would be great. Yeah. Um, but like to actually witness an event. Oh, like to witness it. Like, I think it would be amazing to, like... Probably, like, the wonderment of the time you land on the moon would be crazy to witness that in real we were person. There, if we were on the moon. Or even if you were just, like, the thing goes up and it stays up, and you're like, hey, we're... We, look, we've done it. Like, there, there isn't anything like that anymore that we point out there of... Yeah. You know, it feels untouchable. Yeah. All, most know. of the historical things are heavy. Yeah, like wars. That's yeah. what I was trying to think, like, do I want to see this or... Not really. Yeah. 
You haven't seen Indiana Jones yet? Like, it's kind of cool what Indiana Jones shows up. I have not, not seen that yet. I mean, like, it'd be cool to, like, end like a World Cleopatra War II, like, with the, you know, that are they're storming eagle, Eagle's Nest after Hitler surrenders. That's got to be pretty cool to be bouncing around that with Easy Company. I'd do that. Something about, like, the Revolutionary War when we, like, finally when it's get win, it done. When it's yeah. a dub. Yeah, it's a dub. Stacking dubs. Yeah. All right. So much more to come. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Game day tomorrow. We knew this stuff would all stack. Yeah, it's going to go quick, brother. So it's going to go. Now it's going to go quick again. This week I felt actually. This felt like a long week we to me. We were just still living in the glow of Hoff. Yeah. The Hoffness got uh, us through the whole beginning so of the week. It yeah. sure did. Well, and I think we also were a little sluggish coming out of the Hoffness. No doubt. No uh, doubt. But no then doubt. we got, yeah, game tomorrow night, uh, and then Sunday we'll head to Philly. And then two joint practices, light day Wednesday, game Thursday night, then we're back, and then the following Saturday at Kansas City, final tune-up, and then That'll be oh, long. Baby. From Thursday to Saturday, it'll be long. Yeah. That'll be a little long. Yeah. A lot of open practices there. I think yeah. there's four more to go. All right, the next level's next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Yeah. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.